A historic Sunday is almost over. The Steelers and Raiders are doing battle in Sunday Night Football, which means it's time for the Week 3 edition of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. What's going on, everybody? Wyatt here, back again for the Week 3 edition of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score. Starting off, as always, with a little bit of weekly injuries when they happen. Uh, this week, we've got a few to monitor. The first one is Derek Carr has a possible AC sprain. Uh, we have Mike Williams with a possible knee sprain. And Gus Edwards was placed into concussion protocol. All of these mean they're likely to miss at least next week. Uh, but after that, we'll have to really see the severity of any of these injuries. You know, Gus Edwards being the concussion protocol that's normally around a one-week injury, essentially, for people. Derek Carr and Mike Williams, their injuries could be longer depending on the severity. So really watch those. All right, let's get into some of the good, the bad, and the box score. Starting off with the good, as always, talking about some of the best performances of the week. As a reminder, this is not just the biggest performances of the week, though, if you know anything about the Miami game, you know they'll be on there. This is context involved too, okay? It's it's not just the highest numbers. It's what do these performances mean relative to their position, the player, those kinds of things. So, of course, got to start off with the Miami Miami offense. Tua today, 23-26, 309 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Tyreek Hill, 11 targets, nine catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns, seven targets, caught all of them for 60 yards, and another touchdown. And the biggest one, probably, Devin Chain showing out his first blow-up game in the NFL, and what a game it was, 18 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns, four targets, four receptions, 30 yards, another two touchdowns, uh, put up 70 points on the day. They could have put up 72 and hit a record there, but I uh, actually chose to kneel at the end of the game instead of kicking a field goal. Miami just could do no wrong this game, especially in the running game with the chain and most are both having just absolutely massive games. Denver just did not show up on defense. Uh, I mean, credit to Miami, absolutely. You know, what they're doing is incredible. The offense that Mike McDaniels has put together is just amazing what he's done scheme-wise and this uh, assembly of players that they've put together, speed at every position and speed to kill. It's just amazing. But you don't put up 70 points without the defense just not showing up at all, uh, which the Denver Broncos surely did not. The take big takeaway here is Raheem, or Devin Chain, you know, might be pushing Raheem Mostert from for some of his playing time. Uh Mostert was leading a chain in snaps for most of the game, still led a chain in snaps over the whole game, though it got closer to even as the game went on. But a chain was still mixing on early in the game. Uh, you know, his first touchdown was the second touchdown of the game. His third touchdown, I believe, was the third touchdown Miami had both of which were before any of Mostert got his. So A-Chain is definitely becoming a part of this offense. My second best performance of this Sunday was Sam Laporta. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown for 18.4 half PPR points. A massive game for a tight end, especially for a rookie tight end like Sam Laporta. He now has a 21.4% target share on the season. 
He is exactly what we want in an elite fancy tight end option. Getting a high target share, good with the ball in his hands, can make plays happen. Uh, we kind of need both of those things for a fancy tight end to be reliable, elite tight end, uh, to have the high target share and be good once he gets the ball. Um, some tight ends manage to be elite scoring tight ends on the back of just pure touchdown efficiency, but that's not something we want to rely on or bet on. We want the players that we can bet on getting a high amount of targets and being successful with them like Sam Laporta is doing. Um, I think rest of year, easily a top eight tight end option uh, could be even higher. The only concern that you can have, I think, is when Jamison Williams comes back from suspension, does he demand enough targets that Sam Laporta is now the number three option in the offense, which is much different than being the number two option? Uh, unless the targets are just consolidated enough. Uh, but I have trouble believing that will happen because Jameer Gibbs also on this offense is going to be commanding playing targets too. So now I, I, I don't think much of Jamison Williams compared to the average person. So I don't think Jamison Williams is going to come in and command a bunch of targets. I think he's going to serve a particular role of, of stretching the field. I think he'll do that very well, but I think that's what he's here to do. I think Sam Laporta can maintain a, a large target share for a tight end moving forward. Last best performance of the week is the Chargers passing game. Justin Herbert today, 40 of 47, 405 yards, three touchdowns, no interception. Keenan Allen, 20 targets, 18 receptions, 215 receiving yards. Also threw a 49-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams, who himself had eight targets, seven receptions, 121 yards and said touchdown before leaving the game with the injury that I mentioned before. Just an amazing passing offense day for the Chargers, which is what we are hoping for with Kellen Moore coming to this offense, them being fully healthy this year. Just Justin Herbert and his wide receivers uh, dominating like they did today. Uh, what's important here, I think, is that for as much offense as the Chargers put up today and have put up this uh, year, they are not pulling away from teams whatsoever. They keep finding ways to stay in competitive games despite them being able to score at will. And that's actually a good thing for us for fantasy because that means they're going to have to keep pushing at all times. If they can't put opponents away, they're going to have to continue to try and put up offensive numbers, continue to try and score, which means our fantasy options are going to continue to score fantasy points. Let's talk about some worst performances of today. The first one I've got should be no surprise. As I mentioned last week, this was going to be the, the scare for me, and I kind of talked about this was going to happen, but the Jets' offense, as long as Zach Wilson is there and they're starting QB, this offense is just dreadful, and uh, it's hard to start anybody. Anybody on this offense, even if they're amazing talents, Zach Wilson himself, 18 to 36, 157 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. A lot of those passing yards came in the fourth quarter in absolute garbage time. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook combined 20 carries, 36 rushing yards. They had five targets, caught four of them for 20 yards. These two combined for 56 total yards on 25 opportunities. It's no good. Michael Carter is also playing 20 plus percent of the snaps in these games, which takes away from the time that Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are on the field 
take away potential opportunities for them. And then Garrett Wilson, the only one who continues to have at least some fantasy relevance. He had nine targets, five catches, 48 yards. Like Zach Wilson, most of that did come in garbage time. Despite Garrett Wilson being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Zach Wilson is submarining his season. The Jets need to do something. This is organizational malpractice at this point. This roster is built to win outside of Zach Wilson currently being their starting QB. They have to do something. Uh, whether that means overpaying in a trade for a backup QB that can come in and be better than Zach Wilson, whether it be Jacoby Brissett or Taylor Heineke or trying to get uh, Matt Ryan to unretire, who might be better than Zach Wilson at this point. Uh, Carson Wentz, I honestly think, is the best option for them because it just means signing him. And I think he's probably talent-wise one of the better options, even though he's not that great. He's much better than Zach Wilson. They just have to do something. They're going to let prime years waste away on their roster if they don't do something about this. My next worst performance, Sam Howell. 19 of 29, 170 yards, no touchdowns, four, count them, four interceptions. Added 18 rushing yards, but that's just enough to save him from being in negative fantasy points today as he ends with 0.6 fantasy points. Uh, Sam Howell has been playing quite well. Uh, was a fantasy QB1, actually, in total points entering the week through two weeks. This was a dreadful day. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have a very good defense, uh, so no surprise they were able to slow Sam Howell down, but this was just an absolute collapse of a game. I don't expect him to have games like this every week. Uh, I think Sam Howell has shown that he's a competent quarterback in the NFL. This was just a really bad day for Sam Howell. Justin Fields, my last worst performance of the day. This one hurts. I think Justin Fields has the potential to be a very, very good fantasy option at QB. We saw it last year. I also think he has the potential to be a very good real-life NFL QB. But I think everything around him is hurting him. And he's not doing enough himself either to get past it and uh, to have success in spite of the situation around him like the best QBs do. The offensive system is garbage. Uh, you can find all the clips in the world of Bears wide receivers running routes in the same places. Uh, the pass protection is horrible. It's just nothing looks good for them. They're not calling enough designed runs for Justin Fields, which is the best thing he does. Justin Fields at this point is hesitating more than I think he even did before. He'll always be a quarterback who takes a lot of sacks because he's trying to make a play happen, which is not something that's necessarily bad. Joe Burrow takes lots of sacks, for instance, but he's taking too many of them because of this hesitancy. I think that he hasn't done enough to improve on the issues that he has when it comes to processing, though I think the Bears offensive system is not helping him in that regard. I would have trouble starting... Justin Fields in any one QB leagues at this point until we see change. Um, I know it's going to hurt when Justin Fields is on your bench and he goes for 30 points because he had a big rushing day, but I think we have to see it at this point. I, I think I'd rather just go in another option. If Justin Fields is on my team, he's my only QB in one QB league. I'll probably see if I can drop somebody else to add a streaming QB for the time being to see if Justin Fields can get things together. Let's move on to some weekly headlines for this Sunday. 
Deshaun Watson gets back on track. 27 to 33, 289 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also had 16 yards rushing. Didn't actually rush as much in this game uh, as he has other games, but I think that had to do with a lot of the fact that he was having as much sex success as he was through the pass. Um, today did start off shaky, similar to the games uh, that have happened in the past in the Browns uniform for him, but he ended up getting it together and starting to really put together play after play after play of solid QBing, looking accurate, looking decisive. Uh, the Titans don't have a very good pass defense, and that helps a QB get back on track, And but I think Deshaun Watson needed it. I, I think there might have been something going on mentally for him, uh, that was preventing him from kind of get, getting back to his old self. Uh, I think he needed a game like this to get back on track, which was great to see. Josh Downs is an under-the-radar target magnet. This week is best week of the year so far. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 57 yards. He now has 24 targets on the year, giving him a 20% target share for the year, which is great to see. Josh Downs was a very good prospect coming into the NFL. I thought actually underdrafted in the NFL draft probably because he is a bit undersized for a wide receiver, but he's showed uh, immense talent in college and he's showing that target earning ability that he showed in college. Now in the NFL in PPR leagues, uh, he's even better as he does have this really low a dot and he's going to be more of just that PPR machine, making a lot of catches, not necessarily out of yards and half PPR. He can still possibly be viable uh, in some flex uh, uh, considerations if he's going to get volume like this week to week. Marvin Mims needs more playing time. After last week catching both of his targets for 131 yards and a touchdown on only five routes, this week they decided to up his routes to 11, and on those 11, he caught uh, had five targets, caught three of those for 73 yards, also returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Marvin Mims is just the best playmaker the Broncos have at this point. They need to get him on the field more. I understand that they're working the rookie in, but it's time to just take the training wheels off, let him out there, run a full complement of snaps, because he's easily the best playmaker the Broncos have, and they need that playmaking on this offense right now. Kyle Pitts shows signs of life. Nine targets, a new uh, season high by a lot. Five catches, 41 yards. No touchdowns. That's only 6.6 half PPR points. But honestly, we'll take it from what we've been getting so far this season for Kyle Pitts, especially that kind of opportunity. We really need to see that the Falcons are honestly just willing to make Kyle Pitts a vocal point of their offense because we haven't seen that. This is a step in the right direction. He's still only a low-end tight end one at best, but this was nice to see. Jordan Love faces some adversity. So far this year, Jordan Love has, you know, just basically all been rainbows. Uh, six touchdowns and no interceptions on a few pass attempts so far this year. But this week against the tough Saints defense, he struggled a little bit. 22 completions, 44 attempts, 259 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But saved his fantasy day with nine carries, 39 yards for a touchdown. He ended up with 22.26 fantasy points. Bad day, still pulled it out for fantasy, which is something as fantasy players we absolutely love. Sometimes you don't care if your QB has an off day as long as he gets to those fantasy points, which just which Jordan Love did here today. He also managed to 
get the win for his team, uh, which is a good sign for George Jordan Love in general. You know, uh, bad QBs can be good fantasy QBs. We also want them to be really good fan, uh, real life QBs too, because that naturally will go along with them having continued success as a fantasy QB. Jordan Love's going to have to go through some trials and tribulations here, but I, I do think that the future is bright for him. Tank Dell keeps the production going. After getting 10 targets for seven catches, 72 yards and touchdown last week, comes back this week, has seven targets, five receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown for 23 half PPR points. Uh, the small uh, wide receiver just continues to prove doubters wrong. He's just an extremely shifty route runner, and it's really hard for anybody to keep up with him in an open field. And CJ Stroud loves him. CJ Stroud is a very accurate QB, can get him the ball on time, and Tank Dell is having a ton of success with it. I have to note, because I have been hyping up Nico Collins as much as I can. I did it on last week's show. I did it on Twitter this week. He did not have a good day. Only three targets caught two of them, 34 yards. I'm not going to take that as like uh, last week and week one were just the outliers and this is closer to what Nico Collins is going to be. I still think Nico Collins is going to have plenty of fantasy success this year. I think this was a more a case of the path of least resistance for the Houston Texans against the Jaguars this week was Tank Dell, who was basically unguardable for them today. And the Texans didn't have to pass as much this game. Uh, they were leading the Jaguars throughout the game and got this win. Without C.J. Stroud having to throw quite as many passes, uh, I think you know there were you know, less passes to go around with Tank Dell just being able to get open at will. They just kind of funneled them to him this game. Alexander Madison gets a kick in the butt and actually has a good game. 20 carries, 93 yards, got seven targets, five catches, 32 yards. Without a touchdown, still had 15 half PPR points, which is great to see for him. Now, Alexander Manson, not someone I was into this offseason, not someone we were into as a channel this offseason, just believing that him as a talent, about average, maybe just slightly above average in the NFL, and that we didn't have any real faith that he'd be able to hold up his one-game sample sizes over the course of a season. And so far, that's been true. Uh, kind of got bailed out by a touchdown week one, but though you got to give him credit for it. He did get that touchdown, ended up having an okay week. This week, he has a good week. Uh, the Vikings did trade for Cam Akers, who did not play today. My assumption is that's because it was traded late in the week, not enough time to come in and play. So we still have to monitor what happens next week if Cam Akers pushes Alexander Manson for time. But it was good to see Alexander Manson actually show off a little bit on the volume he was getting. The last one I've got for this week before I get out of here, James Conner, old faithful, 14 carries, 98 yards and a touchdown, two targets, caught both of them, 18 yards, 18.6 half PPR points. He's now averaging 14.9 half PPR points per game. James Conner was an ugly click for a lot of people during draft season because older kind of worn down running back on what is presumed to be a bad offense is a tough click, even though he was supposed to get almost all of the running back opportunities that were going to happen for the Cardinals as long as he was healthy. But this is why it can be good to bet on these offenses that are assumed to be terrible 
and on running backs who are going to get all the volume. The Cardinals are a better offense than we think or thought they were going to be. Joshua Dobbs is playing well. He's moving the ball. They're doing some exciting things. This week, Rondell Moore took a carry out of the backfield, took a 45 yards for a touchdown. Like, this team is performing better than people expected. And this was against the Cowboys, who has been the best defense in the NFL so far this year. Now, James Conner does have a higher risk of getting injured than the average running back just because of his history. But as long as he's healthy, he's a borderline RB1. And that's a good place to be if he's on your teams. But that's going to wrap it up for the week three edition of the good, the bad, and the box score. I appreciate you for watching this whole thing, sitting here with me, listening. If you're still here, please like and subscribe. It's the best way to support us. You can follow JWB and all of its content through Twitter at JWB underscore FF. You can find me at JW or at YB underscore FF. In the description of this video, you find the link to our free discord you'll find the link to our patreon for all of our bonus content in there you'll find the free link to our clips catalog which alphabetically and chronologically lists hyperlinks to all of the clips of all the players we've talked about in the history of our channel it's just like one of the best resources there is out there uh, lastly if you're into underdog fantasy or into best ball want to play on underdog fantasy you're not playing there yet you can sign up with code JWB for a first-time deposit match up to $100. Follow us on all socials. I haven't mentioned it yet. I should have earlier, but we are on all socials, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. Follow us. Subscribe here. If you're listening to this on one of your streaming platforms, close this down. Head on over to YouTube. Hit subscribe. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time.